Welcome to Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. Bible is the book of 1st John chapter 4. I'm reading from verse 7 to verse 12. 1st John chapter 4 verse 7 to verse 12. 1st John chapter 4 verse 7 to 12. I'm reading from the NIV. Mimi ni mtu wa KJV but let's do NIV. NIV is friendly. It's friendly. It's language friendly. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, verse 10, not that we loved God, but that he first loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, verse 11, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Let's pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we ask that you prepare our hearts today, this month, this season, in our lifetime, forever, that we partake of your word. May our hearts be good ground, Jehovah. Good ground that shows forth um, in a thousand, even to two thousand fold, what you asked us in your word to do. Jehovah, may you be fruitful like never before. We ask for the Holy Spirit of God to be with us, to help us in understanding what God is talking about. Jehovah, protect us from the enemy who desires that we leave the house of God not having gotten what Jehovah was talking about. We ask all this in Jesus' name. We all shout, Amen. To say, Amen. amen. Guys, like you've heard, eh, this is what has been termed the love month. And I love the love month. Hata mkiniangalia hivyo. Microphone mimi niko nayo. Hallelujah. Hey, I'm a guy who loves eh, dates and anniversaries and birthdays. Eh, kuna mtu anapiga makofi hapo. Tasijui nani? I love those things. I love people. I'm a sanguine, so I thrive in crowds, in loud noises, kwa party. Hizo ndiyo zangu. Sufikiria ni zile party zingine, hallelujah. I love this month, simply because we get a day to celebrate love. But one of the things I'm realizing, that's not for everyone. There's a time we asked people by show of hands, how many love Valentine's Day? Let me do the same. How many love Valentine's Day? I'm the one talking. Amen? And not many love it. Actually, according to stats, single people are starting to hate it. I'm on your case. Guys who have broken hearts, your heart was broken in January, 
<laughs> this is not your man. If <laughs> but you get the point. I love this day because in just because the world is saying it is uh, Valentine's Day, me knowing the Lord, I choose to take the day and celebrate it in a godly way. Yes, they say red. Yes, they say it is 14th. Yes, the reason behind it is all crazy. But it is a day that I love mostly because in the house of God, we have the opportunity to remind one another what Christ says about the issue of love. That is one of the reasons I love it. And so I know there's going to be flowers. Now, Kwanzaa, what I love about this season is not many will testify of loving the day, of celebrating it. But you are the same people now on Instagram. Ukinunua maua. Having received some gifts and you're like, hey, I've not been left out. You are the same guys. But anyway, let's go back to the scriptures. I love it because as a house of God, we get the opportunity to talk to each other about love. Love it with all my heart. I'm reminded of what happened to the life of Moses. When Moses goes running away from Egypt, he's running because Pharaoh wants to kill him. He wants to kill him because he killed an Egyptian. When he's hiding over there, God shows up in this man's life, and all of a sudden, you see God looking at the killer and calling his name. I love that. That's a someone on his own. At Wendy Apoleo. God tells him, when you go to Egypt, tell those guys that I am has sent you. And when the, the very first time I read that, I thought, okay, what is God talking about? God is telling Moses that there is no equal to him. When you write God and put an equal sign, if it is not God on this side, there's nothing else you can put there. But one of the most powerful things you can put next to the equal sign of God is love. God equals to love. You cannot limit him to just love because he's also the God of wrath. Yeah, if you read the Old Testament very well, you see very clearly, even in the book of Exodus, like we, like we just finished, when you disappoint him, when you don't follow him, he shows you his wrath. He's also the God of wrath. But I love him because he is love. Love is one of the closest things you can get to describe God with. He is love. He is the very epitome of it. If you want to know love, you must know God. Not as the world is teaching us, because the world is teaching us something very different. In this season, to foundation how to buy gifts. And if you've not bought, ah, well, go down. To foundation how to take our spouses to Baj Khalifa in Dubai. Ah. how to buy cars for our spouses. Now if you can't, the world teaches us how to love in every, every single way. Every single way possible. And so when we look at God's love, one of the things I love about the fact that he is love is in the book of John, I think it's First John still, chapter 4, verse 19. It tells us that we love because he first loved us. I love that verse. 
The only reason you have the ability to love is because God loved you. The only reason you can give it, show it, is because he first did it. And how did he do it? Allow me to narrate how he did it. Briefly, to Arakaraka, it was through Jesus, born of a virgin, a teenager. The mom was a teenager. So, the God of heaven decides to show us love through virgin birth, through a teenager who was a nobody. The place Jesus was born is nowhere. It was Bethlehem, one of the tiniest cities in the world. It was nowhere. It was any non-significant. That is where God decides to bring his son through. And then he is born to a carpenter. Fundi Wambao. You know the place, okay, I know not all of us but you know that place that guy was almost like Jesus' dad that is how he came that is love imagine he loved us so much to take us through Fundiwambao. never understood that but anyway it's scripture then he goes for 30 years and you hear nothing of him zero absolutely nothing and then he announces himself through baptism, starts to teach us about the, lo the laws and the kingdom of God, and then he goes to the cross. The journey to the cross is one of the most powerful illustrations of God's love to us. The Bible tells us he never quit on his way to the cross, simply because he loved us. He loved us so much that he knew that in his clique, through betrayal, but he was like, nisawa, nisawa. He knew. Read John 17 and you'll see. Jehovah, I have kept, this is Jesus praying, everyone that you kept, that you gave me, nimeeka, I have kept them, except one for your glory. That is Judas. Then he dies on the cross. The Bible actually instructs us through wisdom that if you know the very history of the land of Israel, Crucifixion happened in nakedness. He was never covered. When Christ was on the cross, he had nothing on. That was love. He was still showing us how to love. And then he looks down to those who crucified him and tells, whoever he was telling, whether it was the guys next to him or the people who were listening, Father, forgive them. He's speaking to his, his dad. For they don't know what they've just done. Love. We're still being shown how to love. He looks at the guys next to him, the thieves, because that was being done in order to show how filthy he was, to embarrass him, to shame him. The book of Hebrews tells us he despised the shame. Remember the Garden of Gethsemane when he was like, Jehovah, please, if you can, God tells him, we're going through this. At the cross, when he dies, I actually believe that when the sun goes dark, it was because of the shame that the Son of God was experiencing on the cross. It went dark for three hours, from 12 o'clock to 3 o'clock before he died. Dude was on the cross, dead. And no wonder when he comes back, he tells his disciples, 
Look after my sheep and my lambs. Be the very image that I was to you. It takes us back to Genesis. That we must, this is something I said last week, we must mirror the image of God. When God creates us in his image, he's telling us that the same way I am, you must be. The same way Christ was to us, that we must be. If we are to love one another, we must love like Christ loved us. One of the things I don't like in scripture is when the book of Ephesians tells us in chapter 6, at the husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the boss and gave up himself and died for it. That is what the scripture tells us. Because in comparison to what the world teaches us, the world actually teaches us that we can love the way we decide to. Let me read something that I saw yesterday that describes exactly what the world tells us in terms of love. The world does it differently this way. I read something from a LinkedIn leadership anthropologist. He's a business consultant, an author, a mentor, an owner, a speaker, who said, and he said this, especially on the issue of commitment. He said, when you only commit to the people and things that are truly important to you, your career, your company, the results are that your relationships will improve. You will be more successful in achieving your goals and you will have more time to enjoy your money. That is what the world teaches us. Because if you look at the life of Christ, one of the things that I'm hoping that you'll take home today is that the love that Christ showed us puts a demand on our lives that is very different from what the world teaches us to do. Very different. The world will teach you, look at what's important, focus on that. If it is good for you, if it is beneficial, go with it. Christ, when he teaches, especially on the issue of commitment, he teaches us something very different. He gave up his rights so that we can enjoy life. His love over us was so immense that what comes out is the issue of commitment. Christ was committed to the cross. The book of Hebrews tells us he endured the cross. Endured. He committed to it to the point that by the time he was finishing, you could not doubt his commitment. He tried to come out from the Garden of Gethsemane. God told him, ah, boss, you've already signed. The world on the other side will teach you, for you to commit, work a signature. For you to commit, put a deposit. For you to commit, show me the ring. Hallelujah. Single guys to Kotuko. For you to commit, we need to see. But when you look at the life of Christ, what he shows us, what he did on the cross, his commitment had nothing tagged to it. This is all the way from creation. Look at creation. God's love for us. His provision over us. 
Remember last month when I talked to us about what he did in Genesis chapter, chapter 15 with Abraham. He gives Abraham a covenant telling him, Boss, I am going to bless you beyond your eldest imaginations. Through you, the whole world will be blessed. And then Abraham asks him, Boss, I don't have a child. What do you mean? So he tells Abraham, Sawa, bring this animal, let her bring a cow here, bring an inni, cut them in half, put the either halves, any inni, one on one side, one on the other side. And then, the reason he was doing that is because back in the day, you had to do that for a covenant to happen. It was like signing a contract. And then the both of you will go through it. In this instant, God does not ask Abraham to go through the covenant. He goes through it by himself, reminding Abraham that I am the one who will faithfully see this covenant through. And he has done that for us from creation. No wonder scripture tells us when we are faithless, he remains faithful. You know very well those times that unajangalia unasema Jehovah. Hapa ni memes. Hapa I don't even want your story. Staki story yako the next two, three weeks. Uh-uh. The next one year, let me just do me. Even in our times of faithlessness, faithless moments, God was still faithful. And so when we talk about love, we have to talk about the issue of commitment. The issue of deciding just like Jehovah that despite any issue commitment demands that the choices we make are like the choices God makes. God has committed to your life whether you decide to sit in the commitment or not. He's decided that he'll be your friend whether you're friendly to him or not. He's decided to walk with you, whether you walk with him or not. That is what I love about the Lord. So my question to us as we continue is, are you committed in your love? Is your love showing the commitment that God has shown us? Can we count on your love? Even in friendship. Because guys will tell you, one of the things I check for in friendships is, is this person committed? Are you committed to the friendship? The guys that are close to me, you know, the Phillips, the, the guys over here, these are guys we are committed to. Let's go. Are you a committed, loving person? As God was. Jesus faithfully loves us despite, despite our human nature and condition. So he then demands that if you're going to choose love, we must love. This is, this is one of the, 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 the hardest things I've seen in scripture. Love unconditionally. Unconditional love, just like Christ gave us, has no plan B. Christ was looking for plan B at the Garden of Gethsemane. Alisema, uh -uh. no plan B. It stands through the valleys of the relationship. Unconditional love will hold the other up when they are down. 
and when they are acting silly. Unconditional love will hold the other up. Jesus loves us unconditionally. When you're talking about the issue of love, we cannot love as the world loves. You can't. For us to mirror Jesus, and I hope you're realizing that we're continuing from last week, where we talked about how we can shine in this dark world. One of the ways we shine is through how we love. Remember Jesus, Aksema, they will know you, or they will know us, the disciples, by the love that we have. One of the ways you shine to the world is how you love. So how do you love? And here's the difficult bit. Especially those that don't love you back. Me, 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 me I know I have a problem. I don't know about you. issues. You choose to not love me. That you have issues with me. <laughs> but what is God saying though? What is God telling us? We must love especially those that don't deserve our love. I beg you by the mercies of God. This love month and beyond, not just for February, may you be that person who loves, especially those that have refused to love you back. Those that are your enemies. You know those ones. You know them. I'm not saying your boss. Amen? Hey, I'm not saying the business partner. Uh-uh. No. We must love the world with the love that Jesus taught us. Because when he went on the cross, let's just go back there for a second. Nobody loved him. Think about it for a second. They didn't love him and put him on the cross. They hated him. They were disgusted by him. How could a man say he's God? How could this guy, guy, the dad is a carpenter for crying out loud. Through him, we're going to heaven. How is that even possible? So if we are to mirror Jesus as the sons of God, then we must look at those that hate our guts and be like, I've got to show you the love of God. A committed love that doesn't become like the world but loves them all the way to the cross. That is the love God is calling us to. We can only committedly love if we committedly love the Lord God in the same manner. The thing I asked last month is the same thing I'll ask today. Have you committed to the Lord? Have you decided in your heart of hearts that I'm following this guy? I don't even know him that well, but I'm sensing there's a conviction in my heart to follow this God who created humanity. And so if I'm committing to him, then maybe he'll help me to love. The only way you can love unconditionally, with no conditions, is through Jesus. I kid you not. Because there's three types of people, by the way, when loving. There are those of us who love because I love you because lift, hallelujah. I love you because you know yourself. There are those of us who only love if me, I love you if. But then from the book I was reading last week, Last and the City, very nice book, Ernest Boy. Love if 
Love if. And most of us, but they are those guys. I only love if you don't step on my toes. Ukisha step, well, ni enemy, nisha kweka uku. But we must love despite. When we stand, when we stand at the altar, and then the preacher says, eh, repeat these vows after me. You know those vows? If there's something, if there's something that's not a joke at the vows. If you, if you're here last year, I went through the vows this time in February. Powerful stuff. I was joking the other day saying, that one of the vows I think needs, needs to go in. Eh? I have a crazy head. I was thinking the next time I marry people, I think there's one coming soon, I will put in the clause to love when I have cologne, to love when I have cologne, ama, the opposite is not when I don't have, to love, after service, to love Nikianza kushuta in the house. I think it needs to go in. Because one of the things I'm noticing is we don't really, when we meet for dating and stuff, we see the nice bits. When you get to the house, um, and this is because there's a couple that was fighting over this guy, Zach is in a stink, you know? So there's a problem. And I was like, but you... The vows you went through, eh, see, I thought, ah, I can hit the vows. Akuna, akuna story, akushuta. So I was like, ah, I need to put that, that in there. Anyway, anyway, me, me, I don't, I don't Guys, the vows actually state that I am loving this person with no conditions. Whether they are good or bad, I'm in. That is what God wants us, wants from us when it comes to love. A committed love has no conditions. Young people, you cannot love with conditions. Ah, I love him now. But life is gone. Ah, we must love like Christ loved us. Do you hear him? Do you hear Christ reminding you that, hey, naniaje, squeeze na ona. This love is a problem. No. Christ loves us unconditionally. And so in this month of love, as we choose to love, let's love like him. Let's love like the Lord. Let me read a portion of scripture. Matthew 22. I want to read from verse 37 to 40. Jesus has been asked a very powerful question. Amolizwa, um, what is the greatest commandment? They're trying to tempt him. They're testing him. Checking on whether he knows. Ama they can trap him. Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart. With all your soul. With all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Then he goes on and says, The second is like it. Love your neighbors yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. It is only after we've committed our heart, soul, and mind in loving God that we can then committedly love our neighbors ourselves. That is it. Your soul, mind, and heart 
must be committed to the Lord. For you to love unconditionally, that must happen. I'm not saying it is easy. One of the most difficult things to do is to love, especially when your heart. I'm supposed to, hey. It is difficult. But here's the beauty. Let's go back to the cross. Jesus was a man, full man, like any of us. And yet, even the friend that, the friend, remember he chose this disciple, the friend that betrayed him, the guys that crucified him, all he said was one, forgive them. Forgive. I said this last week. If you need to forgive, ask the Lord to do it. He does it for us. He gets into our hearts. The spirit of God overwhelms us and enables us to forgive. Same with love. There are people you cannot stand. There's a time I could not stand my dad. Now I love him. I think he's the Lord. I believe it's him. There's people I could not stand how many years ago. Okay, Kunawale still cannot stand. Amen? Hey, I'm not saying I am this guy. Uh-uh. But progress. <laughs> Hallelujah. The Lord, when he overwhelms your heart, your soul and your mind, will help you to love. Unconditionally. So who is it that you need to love unconditionally? Is it your dad? Your mom? Your sister? Is it your boss? They need to show the love of God. Now in showing that the Lord will tell you. Apostle is equal advice. But you must remember the Lord. Remember. The reason I ask us to do Holy Communion is that we can consistently remember him. Remember what he did. The book of Hebrews chapter 12 tells us in verse 3, consider him who endured such a great travesty, a great opposition, a great sadness. Consider him, Jesus, who endured such a great opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. One of the best ways to love is to remember what Jesus did. And when it gets difficult, consider. Consider what he did. Because it's not easy. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying this because I have mastered the art of love. I'm still learning. Because I know for sure after this, and all of a sudden, too, there's another person that comes out that should not be coming out. You know what I'm talking about? And then he reminded us, we about love. We need to love. We need to show love. To show love. Who do you need to show love to? Who? And before we even answer the question of who do you need to show love to, is God the God of your heart, your soul, and your mind? Has he come in yet? Has he overwhelmed every part of you to the point that you can now show? 
Because when it comes to love, and I hope you get this, if you, know, if you don't get anything when you, when you leave, your love must show commitment. It must be unconditional. It cannot have conditions. That way, like we said last week, we get to shine like the stars of heaven. The world sees and says, if this is what you do, then I want to know this person that you believe in. Can people look at you and say, hey, we want to love? I, I think this is like the Lord. Has the Lord overwhelmed your soul? Is he in your mind? Have you chosen him beyond every other reason? Is he in your music? The literature that you read? Consider what God did. Consider what Jesus did. He committed to us unconditionally. So if we commit to him unconditionally, we love just like he did, and then we'll finally mirror his image to the world. And at the end of all of this, we'll be pleasing to God.